Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. We have got a super fun show in store for you. Today on the show, I get to talk to Aaron Benward and Luke Benward. You may notice that they share a last name. That's because they are an eminently talented father and son duo. Aaron is the producer, and Luke is one of the stars of the new movie, Playing God from Watershed Motion Pictures. I got to see the movie, and I found it to be so funny and interesting and really fascinating about a brother and sister con artist who take on a creative opportunity to swindle someone out of a lot of money with the promise that he's going to get to meet God face to face. And without giving anything away, I'll just say that they learn a lot about grief and redemption and good and evil in some pretty fascinating ways. You may recognize Aaron. He has been in the Christian music world for a long time. And Luke is all over your TV and all over movies that you love. And so this is a really fun conversation with this father and son from the movie Playing God. Here's Aaron and Luke Benward. I haven't gotten to do like a father-son interview, so this is a real moment for me. Have y'all done a lot of these with Playing God? No, you're our first two. <gasps> Get out of here. He interviewed me for the behind the scenes. Uh, yeah. But no. <laughs> it's really weird to interview your son, act like you don't know the answers to a lot of these questions. <laughs> right. Uh, right. The, the fun part for me and our friends listening is we're going to get to like experience y'all's relationship right here in front of us based on who answers and how they answer. And <laughs> the behind the scenes is like, hey, so, so Luke, uh, I hear your father is your biggest influence in your life. No, <laughs> <laughs> what are the top three things you love about your dad? That's your first Exactly. Thing. Exactly. It has nothing to do with me. Listen, for starters, I want to tell y'all, I loved playing God. That is a great movie. Thank you. Thank you. Really well done. Aaron, will you back us up? Because I think you're the producer, Aaron. So what made you decide to jump on and be a part of this movie when you heard it or read it or found out about it? Yeah, well, it's actually was it was just a, a simple concept, uh, meaning the, the writer-director um, had. And, you know, the idea of one of, of, of somebody playing God was one. I was like, okay, take me through that. Like, you know, how's that yeah. going to play out, right? And then the concept of it being couched in a con film. I'm a big con film guy anyway. I was like, okay, now I'm really doubly intrigued. Yeah. And then as we kind of begin to break the story, myself, uh, Scott Brignac, the writer-director, and my two partners, Cody Best and, and Cliff Young, uh, we began to realize uh, that, wow, we might have something really, pretty unique here. You know, you kind of always try to go into something, you know, telling a story in a way that maybe that's never been told before. Of course, there are been there have been movies where people have played God, so to speak. But how could we do it in a way, and what kind of topics would we want to cover from the standpoint of why, why this movie, why this story? And as we kind of began to unfold and, and develop it, we realized this could be a really fun, fun journey, and one that actually has obviously heart moments as well, as we see in the journey of Rachel, the lead character. So, um, man, it was one that then we started getting it out to talent, you know, um, beyond obviously my son, uh, people like Michael McKeon and and others that we cast and their response to the content began to really kind of like solidify and confirm that we, we, we do have something to say here because, you know, to be, to get really a level talent, like we were able to, to, to get in my opinion, the content has to speak for itself. The script has to be something that guys like that, 
want to be a part of. And uh, it came back with with uh, glaring colors that they wanted to. So we were excited to get on that journey. Okay, so Luke, you star in the film. Will you kind of start by giving us like, give us just like the synopsis for people who haven't seen the trailer yet. What is this movie? Well, it's about a uh, brother-sister con artist duo who uh, are trying to make a living doing what they do. And one day they become apprehended by this crime boss who Micah, my character, owes money to. And he basically threatens A lot of money, by the way. Not like casual money. A lot of money. You have really done a thing in this story. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so he basically gives them the ultimatum, you know, give me the money or die. And so the stakes are immediately upped and they, you know, have to kind of figure out how they're going to pay back this large sum of money. And they come across a contract to point to this eccentric billionaire who lost his family and he's on this journey really across the world, right? He's going, he's talking to shamans. He's traveling all across trying to find God. He's trying to find God to ask him why he killed his family. And if he, if he is this, you know, almighty, why he would allow for such a tragedy to happen, which I think is, you know, from just a, you know, human perspective is such an, ende- like, and not endearing, but a, a drawing yeah. emotion. Like, I think that people feel that a lot when tragedy so strikes. Common. So yeah. 100%. And so basically they take it upon themselves that they're going to give this guy what he wants. They're going to give him the connection to God. And so they bring in their mentor, uh, Michael McKeon, um, plays this character. And, and basically they convince this billionaire that, Michael McKeon is God and that he will give him the answers. And so that's basically where the con starts. It is an unbelievable movie because y'all do such a cool job, Luke, of mixing like the con honors part is very fun. It's very good. But there's also this major grieving underlying that all of us can relate to on some degree, though maybe not to that level of that grief. But And then there's the God part. Why, why was this movie a yes for you? For Of all the things you do, all the things we know you for, why why was this a yes? Yeah, well, I, you know, obviously I was excited to work with my pops. You know, he had been wanting to produce for a while. And obviously during that, I, I was constantly like, let me know. Like, you know, obviously <laughs> I want to work with my dad. But yeah. from a story standpoint, I think it was a very layered script. Um, it was very honest. I, I really enjoyed the story. I, I enjoyed the, you know, the idea that con artists are playing God in their everyday life, but also in this story, they are literally playing God. And I, I, I loved just, even just down from the title of the script, I thought it was very, very clever. And then from a character's perspective, I, I you know, want to have a body of work that is diversified and I, I want to look back on it, you know, at the end of my life and, and just feel pride in the sense that I pushed myself and that I didn't just, you know, stay in my lane, that I, I branched out and I took chances and I, I stretched myself and um this was an opportunity where I had obviously hadn't played a con artist and, you know, I don't really get to play the bad guy a ton and you know the antagonist and so i wanted to do that and i i saw micah as this really complex character with a lot of layers and a lot of you know actor term inner monologue and inner dialogue and and a lot going on in his head that um you, you know he doesn't say but that is important to see brewing below the surface and 
And I was just intrigued by him. So, you know, I got done and I, I saw a lot of potential and I just, I was excited to, to, you know, step into his shoes and, and kind of see what came. The very, I won't ruin it, but the very last scene where you, you see your character is so like, oh no. Like you just kind of want to be like, you feel the tension of who he could be versus who he is. And you're like, no, no, oh gosh, guy, come on. <laughs> so yeah. it's awesome. It's cool. It's, it's one of those scenes where you kind of get to see him, I think, feel that same emotion. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think that that's, it's cool. He, he, it's that choice of like, do I want to be who I should be or am I okay being who I am? And I think that at the end of the day, he is a survivor. And, you know, I think that people are, uh, people are who they are, you know, it's the way he grew up. It's, it's all he knows. And I think that the fear of that unknown was just too much. And he's, he's staying in his lane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it. My dream is that somewhere in the world there's playing God part two. And he's, he, he, it's his redemption story and playing God. Part two. Hey, maybe so. <laughs> Let's write it. Let's go. <laughs> I would wonder, Aaron, will you, People probably know you're kind of a, a Christian music legend. Like you've kind of been in our world and the Christian music world for forever. I would love to know what do you think about God differently after making this movie than you did before? Oftentimes I call myself a career Christian because, you know, I got saved. I, you know, found Jesus, got saved, all the different lingos we used when I was like a young guy, five or six years yeah. old. Then went into ministry with my dad. My dad was in ministry and then. You know, had all the, the knowledge, if you will, chapter and verse, you know, like, the forearm with the, the, I guess I had theology like the forearms of Pi Pi, you know what I mean? Just tons, you know, the Christian school, the whole deal, raised my children to love God, you know, along with my wife. Um, but I think it's about an experience, man, that I'm learning. Like, so what you have, we can speak about it. So what? Theologically, we can just, you know, break it down and or ad nauseum, I think at, at times we can just discuss stuff rather than what changed for me was the experience over the last couple of years of just like this true surrender of, for me in my life personally, I just turned 48. Um, and I, would, I was like, God, I'm kind of sick of getting what I'm getting. And what that was was just kind of like a not the peace that he affords us and said that he gives us. I I just, you know, I was honestly didn't have. And so I just he said, well, then give up. <laughs> That's kind of like what I felt like in my heart and my mind and all of that together. And similarly, in playing God, it's like Alan Tudyk, the character, Ben, who has gone through crazy tragedy, gone through crazy loss in his life, um, even though. You know, is he playing along with the fact that this guy is really God or does he really believe this guy is really God in the flesh? You know, that's up to the viewer, because when we go through difficult and painful things, oftentimes we cope in ways that maybe some people think is stupid or maybe some people think is outlandish or or whatever. But pain is real and pain is difficult. But when we experience God in a way and our character Ben in this story does you know, ultimately it creates reconnection with, with, uh, with someone. I want to give the movie away. I almost did reconnection <laughs> with someone that 
that wouldn't have seen coming if he hadn't experienced God in the way he did. And so for me, my life and my, and my personal life, my relationships, my dreams, my career, my art, um, my marriage, have all just really have t- gone to a level of that I always, that a fulfillment of peace because of this allowing myself, allowing my heart to not, to get out of my head and allow my heart to experience the relationship. For me, it's not a, it's not just some ethereal, out there, outlandish kind of far-fetched deal. It's my point of contact and the reason why I personally am of someone who follows Christ is my point of contact is a person. And when I boil it down to the person of Jesus, his his example, his life, what he said, what he said he would give, he did what he said he would do, and the only person in history to do it by conquering death, I'm just like, man, that's my point of contact. And um, anyway, so that's maybe a long, long-winded answer to a short question, but that's, that's why. That's beautiful. Luke, in the movie, the guy who's grieving, I mean, the the con y'all are pulling on him is he's looking everywhere for God because he's grieving the loss of a child. And y'all convince him that you've found God and that he can talk to God. When I was watching it, this is the thing that I was like, man, I hope I get to talk to Luke. Because when you're sitting there and you're watching those scenes where that grieving father is having these conversations with God. What were you experiencing as a person watching that? I mean, honestly, as a person watching Alan work, I was really impressed. Like he is, there's a term, the actor's actor, right? And it's kind of like, it's a loose term, but he really is the actor's actor. And what what I mean by that is, is he operates from, work ethic and passion and so every time he steps up to the plate whether he's off camera and it's someone else's cover like he's constantly just swinging for the fences and it's it was incredible to watch so to watch his range of emotions in that character was was pretty astounding but as a i guess going into it it's one of those characters where it does take that level of nuance and talent quite frankly to pull it off because it is such a obviously it's the, you have this grieving aspect so there is some suspended belief there but it is kind of a far-fetched idea to accept that someone is convinced that they're speaking to god when it's michael mckeon right so it's like <laughs> like reading the script i was like look y'all gotta get someone who's like really Believable. good like, yeah yeah like he's gotta show up and like really pull this off because like this is gonna this is a hard swing and he did. And I, that's what I think personally I was obviously pleased, but so just like enamored with was his ability to connect with this character and bridge that gap to make it to where you're like, like, especially the scene where, you know, I, I don't want to give too much away, but where basically he uses Hannah as the medium, you know, to talk to his daughter and watching that scene and watching Alan's range of emotions through that scene, like over and over and over and over and over again, it was incredible. Aaron, were you on set a lot of days? Did you see a lot of this too? So every single frame of this movie. Absolutely. Yeah. It was amazing. You know, to, uh, this was my first movie to produce. Um, and so it was, it was one, a learning experience and two, you know, incredible experience, you know, uh, through the, through Luke's career, 
my wife, his mom was on set with him at all, every time. But when I would come off tour, or come off the road, I would oftentimes go to where they were, whether it was Austin or Spokane or LA or whatever. And so I had a lot of experience on set, but for me as a producer, this is my first movie to produce. And so yeah. it's a lot easier just to show up on set and hang out than it is to <laughs> produce a movie. <laughs> Fair, I would imagine. Again, never been on a call sheet, but I've heard they would be easier to watch your son act than to produce the entire movie, probably. Yeah. I mean, Luke, when you think about your roles, so many of our friends know you from all the things you've done, including Hard to Win Dixie, all the places where where we know you from, where you're the nice guy, even though you're not really a nice guy. (laughs) Actually, because of Dixie, I was a bully in that too. I guess. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's true. A nine year old bully. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about another one of our incredible partners, moinkbox.com. I think this is absolutely wild. Why do four companies control 80% of the U.S. meat industry? Because big food crushes the little guy. But y'all, we can help change that with moinkbox.com. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and wild-caught Alaskan salmon right to your door, helping family farms become financially independent outside of big agriculture. Their animals are raised outdoors, their fish swim wild in the ocean, and Moink meat is free of antibiotics, hormones, sugar, and other junk that you might find in the prepackaged meal aisle. You can sign up at moinkbox.com slash that sounds fun to get a year of bacon for free and then pick which meats you want delivered with your first box. Conveniently, you can change what you get each month and cancel anytime. Y'all, this meat is so good. I ate the bacon yesterday. I have the chicken. I have the salmon. I mean, it is oh, ground beef. I also had that. It is so good. And with Moink, you get the highest quality meat you've ever tasted while supporting real family farms. I love that. Moink was founded by an eighth generation farmer who was featured on Shark Tank. How cool is that? Host Kevin O'Leary said it is the best bacon he ever tasted. And you know that I genuinely think he could be right. It is so good. And this gets me every time. They guarantee that you'll say, oink, oink, I'm just so happy I got moinked. <laughs> Join the moink movement today. Go to moinkbox.com slash that sounds fun right now. And listeners to this show get free bacon for a year, you guys. That's one year of the best bacon you'll ever taste, but for a limited time. So it is M-O-I-N-K box.com slash that sounds fun. That's moinkbox.com slash that sounds fun. And now back to our conversation with Aaron and Luke. Where does this role fit in all of that to you? Like when you look at your career so far, which there's so much more to come, which is exciting. But when you look at your career so far, where does this playing God role fit for you? What did you, how did it grow you and change you? You know, I think that it's a, a part of a natural growth and it was one where like i said you know i was able to kind of break that mold it was a muscle that i had been really yearning to exercise for a while which was that other side of the coin right that like you know i'm always interested in the black sheep right? i think we all are we're always interested yeah. in the one who's like the one on the fringes of society the one with the rough edges the one with like you know the walls up and so i was really yearning to stretch that muscle and and this gave me the opportunity to do that and you know it also because i was yeah i had worked with 
Scott and Cody Pryor, you know, me and my dad went to uh, Second Baptist out in Houston yeah. uh, where they're on staff and, and we did a church production there. So I had met them. And so it was like I was coming into a situation where I was very comfortable and where there was, you know, just kind of trust there throughout the whole team. And so I stepped into the character. I really felt, you know, ownership in the choices. I felt like I could get on set and, you know, make the decisions that were impacting me emotionally, which I think, you know, ultimately affects the outcome of the character. So I think that was huge for me because, you know, so often you just go on set and you do your job and you go home. And, and this was one of really the first ones where I felt like I could go on set and really give from myself and be vulnerable, truthfully vulnerable. And, and um, so I think that was you know, looking back on it, kind of one of the the biggest growths for me was realizing that performances really have to come from an honest place. And if they're not, you know, if it's not affecting me, if I, you know, if I'm not feeling these emotions, then it's not going to translate to the audience as well. So I think that was kind of probably the most eye-opening thing for me on this. I think one of the things we saw last weekend with the Emmys with so, like Ted Lasso winning so much, right? Is that people are really into, well, it is not like G rated by any stretch. People are really into like feel good uh, entertainment right now. And so I would love for both of y'all, I would love to, for y'all to have this conversation with us about like Christian movies, because there is this line of like, really cheesy, bad Christian movies. Like we're kind of not known for making good movies that are faith centric, but everybody wants things that feel good like Ted Lasso. And y'all did that with playing God. What is the world of Christian movies and faith-based movies and how do we keep making them good? And why are they sometimes terrible? I'll start Luke, because I, I I'm going to start with a statement that may turn people off. Oh, good. I hate Christian movies. <laughs> I really do. I, I feel like um, I love Christian people, yes. but I hate Christian movies. Yeah. Here's what I hate about it. Not the fact that, that people are set out to make certain types of content, but that we have to put a label Christian in front of it, and it bothers me. And here's why. Right. You know, playing God and Watershed Motion Pictures is my company, a production company with, my, with a couple of my partners. And we've set out to, to create content that, is one first and foremost great art the best that we can at least in our in 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 the in the limitations that we have and things like that but we are men my partners and I have faith so if if we're going to create art from our life and who we are then what's going to come through are stories of love and redemption and the stories that are of faith but to to call ourselves faith-based filmmakers makes me want to throw up Right, <laughs> because I don't I don't compete with faith based filmmakers if they call themselves that. I compete with Steven Spielberg and J.J. Abrams, and when I when I say compete, I mean like I want the best for them. I think they're the best, some of the best filmmakers in the world. Meaning, I want to I want to make those types of stories and content. And playing God, man, to be quite frank, we didn't market it at all as a faith-based movie. Um, we just marked it as a con movie. You go look on anywhere on Amazon or Apple or anywhere you watch your movies, it's going to come up comedy slash drama. It's not going to come up faith because we did a lot of testing on purpose with this movie previous to getting it to where we got it with probably five different tests with multi-generational uh, audiences, multicultural audiences, 
audiences with different lenses of faith or no faith on purpose. And 10 out of 10 times, I'm, I'm, I'm not exaggerating, people that have that were either agnostic or atheistic in their belief loved the con, loved the journey, felt felt the the heart at the end of it and had no feeling of of uh, being preached to or talked to or trying to be coaxed into something. And people who had a lens of faith said, oh, man, I saw this cool way you nuance when you talk about grief and da 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 and, and perspective. And, and, you know, quite frankly, Annie, that's what we want to do, man. It's yeah. like we at Watershed feel like we're trying to – we're pioneering a new road and playing God was the very first movie. And when we do that, it was hard, honestly, when we got to the distribution and marketing side of this movie because so often these faith, you know, these companies, whether it's faith-based companies or not, are going – who are we selling this to? And the faith, they're like, this is not a faith people, blah, 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 blah. And this is not a all the way, you know, Ocean's Eleven type con movie. This is somewhere in between. And I said, exactly. Mm-hmm. And we set, that, we set out to do that along with our investor who invested in this movie to do something very, very specific so that everyone can come to this table and see a, hopefully see a good movie and get something out of it for whatever they got out of it. I'm not here to give anybody answers. I'm not here to say, this is it. Because quite frankly, the core of all of of us, we don't know. We believe in faith, certain things, but we don't know because we can't see it, right? So when they see the movie, hopefully they get something out of it. And so as we continue on and and we we already have more movies getting ready to come out next year and things like that, we are set out to do things that are that just create dialogue, man, create discussion. I hope people, when they see the movie, go, whoa, and they start looking back through it. And if they really think about it, they can start seeing little little nuggets and little pieces of, uh, of kind of morsels we dropped along the way that when we get to the end of the movie, that they'll be like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that when he, when Luke's character did that, yeah. things like that. So yeah. uh, that was our hope. Yeah, Luke, what's what's your interest in being in films like this? I love art. I study art. I am moving into the arena of, of being a filmmaker. I directed my first short that's going around right now. Well um, done. We premiered last night at, at Holly Shorts, Hollywood uh, Short Film Festival. So. Oh, yeah. Well done. And then you got up early to talk to me. I'm a monster. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Totally fine. Um but yeah, opening night. So that went well. So um, well I care about storytelling immensely. Um, and one thing that I think holds faith-based films back is the message. I think that's the, that a lot of these storytellers are so focused on getting their message across that they forget that they're supposed to be telling a story. And wow. so in its truest form, you look at a painting, right? And you're not told what to think. You look at a painting and things jump out to you. And so I think film is obviously a much longer format. But when you watch a film, it shouldn't be pandered to you what you're supposed to get from it or pandered to you good guys, bad guys. Like it should be a beautiful kaleidoscope and certain things jump out to you. And each person, it sparks dialogue because it is 
controversial in the sense that someone's going to think something and someone's going to think another thing. And, you know, that's what I think art is. And that's what I think God is, you know, he created this world of balance. He created this world of good and evil. He created this world. And, and I think that if we truly want to tell stories that show God, I think that we need to tell both stories. I think we need to show this crazy, tumultuous, and beautiful world all in the same and, you know, not dumb it down and not, not pander our views just for the sheer trying to get our point across as clear as possible. You know, I think that a lot of times filmmakers can sometimes worry that the audience isn't going to understand it. But I think that if we really want to make great films, we have to have faith that the audience is going to get it. It feels like, y'all can totally correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like we're talking about the difference between making art and making propaganda for God. Wow. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Is that it? Because I wrestle with that when I'm writing books and when I'm of like, I don't want to convince anybody of anything. I want to tell the story and trust that the faith that we have is bigger than my ability to convince someone of anything. That's, well, it's not your job to convince them, any, is it? Right? It's like, no. let's, let's let God be God. He's pretty good at it. Last time I checked, you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> Here's the bottom line for me in this. If we're honest in our storytelling, if we're honest in our life, if we're honest in our motivations. Think about that. The motivations that we take into life, if you really check it, I mean, that's when you really can start begin to get to the place of whatever the story that's coming out of you, whether you're, whether your story is, is to be a, a business owner and you have employees that, I mean, be honest, man, whether you're a father or a mother, whether you're a, whether you're a director, an actor, a book writer like yourself, a podcast you know, host or hostess, I should say, excuse me. Um, the honesty is where it starts. And that's the hope. And I think oftentimes, I know in my life, I've been guilty. When you when you mix commerce with art, and there's always going to be that rub and that tug, it's always going to be there. But if, you know, uh, and I got to say, in playing God, for the most part, I feel like we tried to tell the story with what it was as best we could because we did it independently of any of any studio, we did it independently of any publisher yeah. or whatever. Two is trying to tell us and be on and have a thumb on the back of our neck as far as how we need to tell the story. And because of that, it was a beautiful way for us to be able to tell as as well as we did. Now we made some mistakes. I mean, we we had to go back and do some reshoots because once oh, we wow. got to the end, we realized wow, there weren't there were some dots that weren't connected, you know. And so we lived and learned by that, and it cost us some money. And but you know, we were we made it. My point is, let's be honest, guys. Let's be honest in, in, in all that we do in life. And I think that's where the truth is found. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about another one of our incredible partners, Liquid IV. As your friend, the Enneagram 7, you know I love spontaneity, but I'm also a creature of habit, especially when it comes to my morning routine. Keeping the rhythm of drinking tea, reading, journaling, and prayer to start my day really fuels me to step into the rest of my day at my best. And another way to make sure we stay fueled and healthy is by keeping hydration a priority. Just one stick of Liquid IV in my water bottle hydrates me faster and more efficiently than water alone. Not only that, but Liquid IV tastes great with flavors like watermelon, strawberry, lemon, lime. I like to use it at the beginning of the day. And y'all, when I use their energy multiplier, watch out. There is no stopping me. The acai berry is probably my favorite flavor, but I honestly haven't met a Liquid IV I didn't love. 
Liquid IV hydrates you fast with five essential vitamins, more vitamin C than an orange and as much potassium as a banana. And it's healthier than sugary sports drinks, no artificial flavors or preservatives and less sugar than an apple. And since it's made with clean ingredients, it's also non-GMO vegan and free of gluten, dairy, and soy. Grab your favorite Liquid IV flavors nationwide at Walmart, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code that sounds fun at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you get better hydration today using the promo code that sounds fun at liquidiv.com. Aaron, what got you into making movies? How'd you go from touring artists to movie producer? Man, Annie, come on, man. A, a touring artist is a young man's game, man. Come <laughs> Listen, on. you're not kidding. Tell me life. about it. I'm with you. <laughs> you know, honestly, it was me back in the day when I was touring, coming in and off the set with Luke and 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 um, just hanging out. I was just, you know, the actor's dad and when I would show up. But I would watch and learn and listen and talk to producers. And I suddenly realized quickly that their skill sets were ones that I had as well. Yeah. Meaning I love taking, even in the music space, I loved taking an entire kind of idea and or thought and looking at all the ways to make it work because there's a lot of pieces to that puzzle. Similarly in film, it's just different mediums. And so, and I, and I too, secondly, I saw that a lot of producers are good connectors and relational um, from the standpoint of how they get their projects done. And, and that's one space that I feel like that, that I love and, and, and have excelled in, in my life, um, thankfully. And so, I've just been, man. This, this is, this is a world that I think I, I, I wanted. It's another way to tell stories, and um, I'm still in the music side of things as well, in a lot of ways, as a songwriter and things. But, man, most of my focus now, my time is spent really developing and creating content in TV and film, and I'm loving every minute of it. That is really fun, Luke. Can you sing too? Yeah, uh, yeah. I did it. Uh... <laughs> I guess I toured in middle school. You did. Um, you toured in middle school? Young man's game for real. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, what? How did you tour in middle school? What does that even mean? Are you Justin Bieber? <laughs> before Bieber, man. He was the Bieber before Bieber. I had wow. the Bieber cut and everything, yeah. Luke, my Google game is about to get so strong over here. finding <laughs> middle school Luke. Yeah, I shine. It's called I shine. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I played a lot of like youth groups and yeah. traveled around to churches like all across. That was fun. USA. It was. It was a blast. I mean, so what y'all are both really modeling for us is the gifts and the the skill set you have can be really done in multiple venues. Like pay more attention to your skills than the opportunity in front of you a little bit because y'all are both going like, hey, I, I found a way to tell a story and then I found another way to tell a story. Yeah. Does that feel true? Yeah, that's very true. I think that uh, you kind of have to keep your eyes open in all in all scenarios. And I definitely took a step back from music um, after a bit. It was I care a ton about the art. The business side of both of these industries are just way too much for me. They're overwhelming. Um, and film it's it kind of has an interesting divide like obviously i think you have to be savvy on both sides if you're a producer you do need to have some creative savvy and then vice versa but music just felt like it was 90 percent business and then 10 percent, you know creating so that's kind of why i took a step back but i still yeah i still love 
still love singing and I do think it's important to obviously, you know, keep yourself diversified. My mom like ingrained that in me young. She would force <laughs> me to not force me. I didn't like doing it, but she would make me do like, you know, hip hop classes and she's like, You have to know how to dance as well. Like it's gonna be important and I'm like, Mom and but it, it was. It sure enough it sure it enough. has paid off. I'm sure it will pay off again. Like <laughs> the day it does, I'm gonna text you and be like, Luke. This is why. This is why you have <laughs> yep. to take those classes. <laughs> Truly. Okay, Aaron, so what are you working on now? Currently, uh, we are in post-production on a movie called Chasing Oslo um, that I'm really excited about. It's a YA movie, young adult movie uh, that talks about influencers in that space. Um, it's a, a documentary within a feature, if that makes sense. Where, oh. Uh, two young, a young filmmaker follows her estranged best friend as as her as her best friend has discovered that the biggest influencer in the world oslo green has unplugged from his social media platform and she's got to figure out why and there's got to be something wrong and and they go on this uh kind of uh crazy crazy journey to find uh this oslo green guy and through it all man it's really a story of the fact that you know we all have a voice and it's a matter of what we do with it large or small and then when we get what we want, you know, do, is it really what we want, you know, and uh, as well as a story of, of forgiveness. So it's really cool. It's really quirky. And it's, I'm, I'm in love with the story. Um, and so we're we're in, we're in post on that. Um, currently uh, also working on a show uh, with Peacock that um, is uh, about a football program. It's called God Family Football. So we'll, that should be out here next year, which I'm excited about. Um and it's really the story of my mentor, to be honest with you. Oh, a wow. guy I've been my mentor since I was 12, named Denny Durant, an Evangel Christian Academy um, down in Shreveport, Louisiana. Wait, is that is that Don Cherie's dad? He sure is. He sure is. <laughs> I was like, wait, I yeah. know that name. <laughs> it was Don Cherie's father, yeah. Wow. And then Luke, you know, Luke's short. Boys, I, I was a producer on that with him, and we are – we have won some some festivals, and now we just, like he said, opened the Hollywood shorts last night. And we're hoping we're going to make a run to try to get on the, the the Oscar nominations list. It's an incredible little short film that proud of my boy, the vision he had for it, and how he executed it as his first time to direct. And then Luke is also another project we're working on together that I'm really excited about as a musical that Luke is writing the script for and will also be one of the stars of that uh, it's kind of the very beginning stages of. So just a lot of things, man. You know, it's, yeah. a, it's a thing where I love uh, having a lot of different plates spinning, you know, and um, yeah. and it's exciting for me. And then on the music side, I still still write a lot of music and things like that for, for TV and film and things. So, yeah. That's awesome. Okay, Luke, writing a musical. Yeah. Let's go. It's a stretch in a new area, but it's, I, I'm, yeah, it's it's going well. I'm I'm excited. Luke's a great writer, man. He, he, of course, he won't. He won't. You know, toot his own horn. He, right. He's, how many scripts you written now, bud? Five, six movies now, right? I've written about probably three, and then one I adapted a book. The other one, I uh, basically we got the rights for a script, and then I rewrote it. Um, so handful, and then a bunch of shorts. Uh, so it's fun. Dude. Honestly, it kind of even deepened my understanding even just from an acting sense to understand how much goes into the words on the page, you know, and, and being able to decipher obviously the truth of the scene, but what the true intent was for the words that the writer put down. Um, it's, it just gave me even more insight into the motivations behind 
these characters. Um, but yeah, I really, I, I do really enjoy it. I, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what's next. I, I, I guess my, my hope would be whatever's next for me is as a filmmaker would be something that I've also written. This short, uh, was written by a friend of mine, David Mandel. So next thing I, I, uh, think the goal would be that something I wrote. Yeah. So many things about Luke I admire and love, uh, obviously being my boy, but one of the things, you know, pertaining to this is what I've learned from him and continue to learn is the fact that the art is first and, mm. You know, so many times in the in his career, over the, and he's now he's 26. So I'm no, his, my wife and I are no longer making his decisions kind of for him before he was 18, so to speak, and with him. Now it's him as a, as a, as a man, as an artist, as a creator, making the decisions for his own career. And he is not a compromiser. And that's such a great trait, you know, is um, he's one that leads with the art and the creativity. And if it doesn't speak to him, no matter what it is, I've seen him go, you know what, I'm just not resonating with that and therefore turns it down or doesn't doesn't involve himself in the process of, of potentially getting the role. So, uh, you know, also with writing, yeah, he's a great actor and will continue that in his career. But what people don't understand is he's going to be, he'll be the next, he could be the next Ron Howard. I mean, he's a writer, he's a director, he's a visionary, he's an actor, he's a creative, and he always leads with that. And um, that's going to afford him well as someone who struggles with, compromising potentially the creative for the uh you know the pursuit of of career and business and finances i oftentimes have thought and and i i learned from my boy that way and i commend him on this thanks pops thanks pops real nice luke i've got that all recorded if you need to hear it again <laughs> you should say that to me <laughs> yeah yeah you can hear that anytime and all of his um, hip-hop moves were because of me all of his hip-hop moves right here this guy that's also right. I, I believe that. From him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we can watch Playing God on Amazon, Apple, all the places we love to stream movies at home. Luke, can we watch the short somewhere? Uh, not yet. Well, I'm you know it's going around to to festivals, and I, I'm keeping up to date on my Instagram a little bit on what it's playing next. So I think we're doing. We have San Jose coming up soon. Lone Star Film Festival, which is in Texas. You're not really supposed to put it online in a public format until after you get through like all the festivals. So once it's once we get through everything, then it'll be up on you know Vimeo or YouTube or whatever for everyone to see potentially. Once it wins, but, an Oscar, yeah, as of now, we'll all get to watch it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Um, you guys, thank you for making time for this. Let me ask you our final question. Okay. Because the show is called "That Sounds Fun," I need to know. Tell me what sounds fun to y'all. I'm gradually relieving myself of the pandemic mindset i'm vaccinated i got delta strain probably like four weeks ago so i've got the antibodies and i'm like all right now i need to get rid of my gut and (laughs) so what i'm excited about right now is i'm back basketball again which is okay it was a long time of I'm like I have a very competitive nature thanks to my pops and um, that was really needed to exercise again. I had been really like you know video games are cool but like I want to get out there and like you know like compete with my whole body. So that's what sounds fun to me right now. It's like I'm back to being active and playing basketball again. What sounds fun to me is anything that my wife and I can do in our empty nest. 
We were married at 20. We had Luke at 21. We had our other daughters by the time we were 27. We have been raising kids since we were married. Okay. Yeah. And our youngest is in college. Luke is on his own. Gracie is married. And Mo and Kenda and I are just absolutely having the best time of our life doing whatever the hell we want. Can I say that on your podcast? If not, I'll say <laughs> whatever the heck we want. Um no, it's honestly, we are having a ball and in love more than ever before. And so any, we, we are, we're going to, we take trips. She goes, we travel together. We hang out together and we just we love, play Catan. Oh, heck <laughs> yeah, dude. Heck yeah. <laughs> love you do whatever you want because you've got all the time in the world. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you guys both for making time for this. I can't wait for our friends to watch Playing God. It's an, it's an excellent film. We're just... We're going to track with both of y'all so that we get to keep watching all the good stuff you're making. Annie, you're awesome. Bless you and your endeavors and all that you're doing. Love it. Thank you so much for having us. Oh, you guys, don't you love them? Oh, that was so fun. What interesting insight into a world that I do not know very much about. Listen. Luke and Aaron are first on our call sheet. That's for sure. They are first on our call sheet. Be sure to watch their new movie, Playing God, in theaters and on demand. Everywhere you love to watch movies on demand at home, you can find it. And make sure you follow them. Tell them thanks so much for being on the show. And I cannot wait to hear your thoughts after you watch Playing God. I really liked it. I, I think you will, too. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. And I will do the same. Have a great weekend. And we will see you guys on Monday. Yeah. Check, check, one, two, on